Hey, that was a good start to the morning, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I have a real good feeling about where this day is headed. I don't know how many of you were at the conference this weekend, uh, but yeah. Yeah, put, yeah, how many were? Who was here? Okay, are you glad you came? Yeah, it was awesome, wasn't it? You know, one of the great things, one of the, most, one of the best things about having a conference like this is we have highly anointed people come into our building and minister here. And, yeah, and e- even if you, yeah, uh, look, even if you weren't, should I let you go first? Yeah. <laughs> come on, Pete, get, get, get your woman under control here. Uh, you're excited. I know. It was awesome, wasn't it? It was really awesome, Lori. Yeah. And, and you're welcome. I'm, I'm really thankful that we were able to bring them here. It's really awesome. But when they come, they deposit something. And, and, and that's the key thing is that uh, even if you weren't here for the conference, you're going to experience the blessing of having George and Banoff and Patricia King and Jim Baker and Bobby Connor all here ministering in this building. And it, it's just going to, uh, it, it ups the temperature for all of us. And so that's exciting. And we can look forward to really exciting things. But hey, um, I, I want to welcome you. It is good to see you here, especially if this is your first time. Then um, we, we had a conference last week that um, went from Thursday, all day Friday, and all day Saturday. That's what we're talking about right now. But uh, we're really glad you joined us. Uh, we have a gift for you in the atrium. If you'd stop by the guest center and pick that up, we'd really, uh, really appreciate that. We want you to have it. And, um, yeah, we're just glad you came. And our prayer is that you're going to experience God in a real and living way today. So... All right, um, connect cards. There are connect cards in the front, uh, the back of each row. Uh, if, if you are new and you feel free to do it, please fill one of those out. If you've never done it then and, you, and you've been coming for a while, please fill one of those out. It just helps us pastor the church. It's really important that we know who's here so we know who, to, who we're pastoring. Um, just a couple of things to mention uh, announcement-wise. Pick up a bulletin if you don't have one in hand. But we have a move-up weekend, which is, I want to mention this because it's part of our children's ministry, children and teen ministry. And I want you to know this, that what we're doing with the, the kids and the teens is real. It's not, we're not just watching the kids. We're not just teaching them Sunday school songs. We're teaching them the Bible. We're teaching them what worship is. We're teaching them how to minister and pray for each other and how to love each other. So it's real. And we have Move Up Weekend coming. That's where um, each student moves into the next grade level or the next class. And really to kind of celebrate that, that's happening June 3rd on Sunday. To celebrate that, we're having a picnic June 2nd in the back back parking lot of the church. So uh, you can read about that in the program. Starts at 1 o'clock. Come to that. Even if you don't have kids, come to that. Uh, Because... And, and this is something, too. A lot of times we think, well, I don't have kids. I shouldn't be. In, I don't need to be involved in children's ministry. Um, okay, cool. But what if God wants you to be? What if that's what if that's your gifting and that's where you're going to be fulfilled in life? What if that's where as you pour out, the Holy Spirit's going to pour more into you? And, and so don't think in terms of just, you know, shutting down when you hear children's ministry because I don't have kids. It's something for all of us to pray for and to be involved in. Second thing is, there is there, and on theme, 
There's a timeout for moms coming uh, June 9th. That's in the program. So moms, pick that up, and you can, you can read more about that. A memorial service for a man named Larry Crouch, who was one of the fathers of this church. He passed away in Florida a couple months ago. We're having a service for him here. Um, he was a, a very prominent man in this whole city and in the whole Christian scene. So uh, we're excited about that, to be able to honor Larry in this way. You can read about that June 10th. And then summer camp's coming for the kids. So that's coming up um, in July. And we'll talk more about that next week. We're going to make a presentation uh, because we're nearing the deadline for registration for that, okay? Life-changing for your kids. It's, it's life-changing. So do everything you can to um, get them to camp. Right now, I feel like I should have a joke, but I don't. So sorry about that. Um, the, the, the conference, well, that was kind of a joke, wasn't it? Yeah, that was kind of a joke right there, so that's pretty good. Uh, the conference we had was a uh, global celebration with, um, uh, it was called Culture of Heaven, and interestingly, our vision statement is that we want to be a culture that welcomes heaven to earth. And we met George in a year ago, and I want to make sure everybody understands how we met him and, and the relationship that we've been developing with him. Uh, we have a house group ministry here that started with our young adults, and it has been a booming, thriving, um, exciting ministry. George had heard about that, and he wanted to come and visit one of the house groups. And so uh, he, we knew he was coming to Cincinnati to visit a house group. Now, Georgian, in his background, is from Bulgaria. And he lived there under communist rule for um, first 18, 20 or so years of his life. And, and, and then he escaped in the trunk of a car at risk of his life. He had, been a, he had been in a rock group in Bulgaria that was kind of a revolutionary type of a thing, which doesn't go too well in communist uh, countries. And so that was shut down. And um, he came to the United States and, and, and met Jesus and um, has uh, been developing this ministry for the last 20 or more years of ministry to orphans around the world. And, uh, but he's so, so, I mean, you think that, you think, okay, he runs an orphanage. No, no. He, he is a very high-level apostolic leader who uh, raises funds for several orphanages that he and his wife have, have um, released, and, and, and through them, God's brought these into being. But it's just a wonderful, powerful ministry. But we were trying to decide if we should have George in here at the church, and um, uncertain because we didn't know him, and Lori and I had planned a vacation for Florida, which means we would have been gone the weekend he was here. So we are driving to Champaign, Lori and I, and Micah Turnbow is in the car, and I got a phone call from one of our young adults saying, why don't we have George in at the church? And so we talked about that. Micah said, well, I've heard him speak before. I think it fit real well. So I called my executive pastor, that time Dave. And Dave said, you know, I'm just not comfortable having someone we don't know here while you're on vacation. And so, okay, it seemed like that was like it's, it's a closed door. Then we're not going to have him. Then Micah pulled out a notebook and leafed back through it, 5, 10, 15 pages in his notebook. And he said, I had this dream I don't know, three, four weeks ago. And he said, in the dream, there was a man that came into our church that we didn't know. And you and Lori were standing down here at the front. 
And he walked down to the front of the church with a present, a wrapped present in his hands. And he handed it to Lori. And then Lori buried it in the floor of the church. Now, what that means to us is impartation. That means there's someone coming that we don't know that's going to give us something that we don't have or is going to stir something that maybe we have, but we don't know we have, don't know how to use it. And so I looked at Lori, she looked at me, and we said, we can go to Florida another time. And so we canceled our vacation to Florida and had Georgian come. And what a blessing. What a last year when we had him come, it was just so fantastic. Um, he, he, he is dubbed as the apostle of joy, and he is that. He brings joy, and he has an anointing of joy everywhere he goes. And um, just a tremendous man. And he came here, and he fell in love with this church and with us, with our staff. And our hearts just kind of like blended together. And so he said, hey, I want to have a conference at your church. And I said, we'd been to one of his conferences. I said, our church isn't quite as, you know, that, that church holds a 1,000 people. Ours holds about 500. He said, that's okay. I, I want to have a conference at your church. And so that's how we ended up having him here uh, for this conference. But I want you to know that it was really God's leading to do it. And, and we, we have it on good prophetic, solid prophetic footing that what he brought here has been buried in the foundation of this church. And that we as a church are going to enter into a new level of understanding the joy of the Lord. And walking in that joy and experiencing that joy. And Jordan, Jordan says this, he says, demons freeze in the presence of joy. He said they, they cannot operate in the presence of joy because joy is the atmosphere of heaven. And so he came and, and we'll have him back again and we'll get more of that deposit of joy. So what we're going to do today is um, we're not going to have an actual message, but I, I asked several of our staff members to come up here and take three minutes or four minutes and share a point from the conference that was most significant to them. And so we're going to hear from different staff and uh, some different different some of the things that happened in the meetings, something that some things that happened in conversation with one of the key leaders. Uh, uh, th throughout throughout the few days that we had with them, but I'm going to share this first. One of the things that uh, that I was stri stricken with was that there were at least four or five of Georgian's team, and he brought a whole team of people to run this conference, as well as students from their school, just just to be here and to be part of it. And I heard from at least four or five people that said our church is so incredibly welcoming and friendly. And honoring, they said the staff right from the get-go just welcomed them in and honored them. And they said that, that this doesn't happen very many places. They go to places where they're charged an extra $25 to if they want an extra table, that sort of thing. But that, that not only were we welcoming and, and just did everything we could to serve them, but one man said, he said, it was more than that. He said, I felt honored. He said, no complaining from anybody. They did everything they could to help us, and we felt honored. And that blesses my heart so much. I just want to brag on our staff and volunteers, all the volunteers. It was just really great, yeah. So I'm going to hand the microphone off to Micah. Micah, you can come on up. And um, 
and then Mike is going to share, you know, some stuff that happened with him at the conference and, and what really impacted him, and then he'll hand off to the next, next staff. Next person is Lori. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Hi, guys. <clears throat> so I'm sorry I was screaming so much that my voice is kind of, kind of gone. So, so if I start going through a coughing spell, please forgive me. Well, I had the chance to hang out with uh, Bobby, Connor. <gasps> So amazing. I love Bobby Connor. He like wound up me in everything. So I was like, he experienced things that I was like, what? I've never had that before. That's not fair. Um, but one of the things that I, I was like, I was dying to ask him was um, just like what he thought about our church. I mean, I was just like, what do you think? You know, you've been to, you preach five times a week for 40 something years, whatever. Like that's insane. So I mean, you've been in a lot of churches. So what do you think about ours? You know, and he um, of course was talking like, a million miles a minute, but he, uh, he slowed down for this one. And he said, um, friends, he says, I think, uh, you have a house of friends. And he, and I thought that was great to just to hear. And he said, um, in general, I, he said, I could tell, uh, the prophetic in, in your church is strong. He says, because you, you're friends, you're friends to God. He says, and you're also friends with people. And he says, and that makes a good prophetic church. So that was just a blessing, you know, to hear. And so, you know, and I would just begin to just to pray that over our whole church, that, Lord, thank you that we're your friends and that we can be friends to other people, you know. And, and that gives us the ability to hear your voice clearly, you know, and, and display your wonder and your works, God. So I just thought that was really neat. So, yay, Bobby. All right, Lori. Thank you. Thank you, Micah. Hey, good to see everyone. Um, I want to tell you what Patricia King meant to me. And that was her um, talk on the dreams of God. And it so fits the culture of heaven because she, she said God gives us his dreams to fulfill. And just like a father dreams for their children to accomplish things and to make an impact. So God is dreaming those special things for each one of us individually. It's not like everybody has the same dream, but everybody has a dream that God's put in your heart. And he is calling that out. And we want to connect with his heart, with his dreams, and press into that. And I know for me that means going deeper into my relationship with him so I can really connect with his dreams. So that was just so powerful for me because I have dreams for my kids and my grandkids and I want to see them go, you know, like their ceiling is, or my floor is their ceiling. And so it is just really, really inspiring. So uh, Sarah's going to come up. Right. Thank you. Um, For me, this whole conference felt really confirming and affirming to me. I think we've been kind of diving into this culture of heaven thing for several years now. And I think maybe five years ago or 10 years ago, some of the things that happened at the conference or were said at the conference would have been really revolutionary or would have really like made me take a step back. And now they just felt like home and they felt comfortable and 
it just really affirmed for me that we have a culture of heaven here, and that's something that we value. Um, I had the privilege of driving Patricia King to the airport and to her hotel and spending some time with her. And on the way back to the airport, she, and she's an itinerant minister. She has a church that she, that she pastors, but she travels every single week, usually Thursday through Saturday to different conferences, different churches. And she said that we had such a sweet culture here and that it was a really seasoned culture. And that just really, again, affirmed for me the journey that we've been on as a church to really press into this and that she was able to recognize that. And she goes into these churches all the time. Um, So that was just really cool. And she expressed a desire to even come back and see us again because she just loved the culture that was here. So that was really awesome. Hey guys, um, one of the things that stuck out to me was also from Patricia King, and she shared that about Jesus saying, like, you have to have a new wineskin for the new wine. You can't take an old wineskin and put new wine in it because it expands it past its capacity and it bursts. And so I think our framework here, what we, how we would talk about that is through worldview, and, like, are, are you ready for what God's doing next? In your own life, like just in my life, do I, I've seen a lot following Jesus, but I need a new wineskin for this season. I need a new one. And uh, so one of the things I saw that was really practical about that was Corey Asbury was here leading worship. And um, it was amazing. Um, you know, you hear reckless love, on the radio, and that's condensed down so it plays in four minutes. They did Reckless Love like in 15 minutes. And uh, the new wine, what I saw was it was drawing us into a new wineskin of worship. And he kept saying, the thing that really stuck out to me is he kept saying, look right in Jesus' face, look right at Jesus. And one of the things over my life is like, I I never realized like there's more intimacy with Jesus. And the next, then there's a new wineskin. There's more, you know, and you're like, we're really intimate, Jesus. This is uncomfortable. And he says, I know, come, follow me. So um, then last night, I saw it was imparted to our worship team. Like, they went someplace that I've never seen our worship team go. And so I would just encourage you guys today, like, Jesus, what, how are you calling me into more intimacy? Hey, everybody. So the new wineskin message also really impacted me. And another angle of it, I just want to kind of share with you how Patricia King set this up. So she was preaching on um, Friday evening. And she starts off saying, I'm going to share this message on new wineskins. And then she goes into a couple of stories where she had actually resisted a new thing that God was doing initially. And so she talked about the vineyard movement. She's like, there was this guy named John Wimber, and they wore shorts to church, and they sang to God like he was actually in the room. And, and she talked about how she was like totally 
against it, thinking that it was demonic, thinking that it was leading people astray. And then God came in and kind of corrected her like, nope, this is, this is me. And then she went to talk about another move of God she had resisted. Maybe you've heard of the Toronto blessing. If you haven't, it was a, it was just a powerful release of God's presence for four years straight in a, a vineyard church in Toronto. And so it was in 1994 through 1998, and um, I wish I could have been there. I would have been a kid, so I would, probably wouldn't have understood it. But, um, but basically, this guy named Randy Clark went from his church, I forget where, somewhere down south, to, where was it? St. Louis. Went from his vineyard church, St. Louis, to speak at this church in Toronto. And it was just like a conference. Like it wasn't like he was, okay, I'm going to go start a four-year thing. Like he was just going to speak kind of like how Georgian came here to speak. And he got up there and he started sharing. And then the Holy Spirit came so powerfully that it just kept going. And then a week went by and then a month went by. And he ended up being there for 61 days before he left for the first time. But then he left, went back to his family and someone else took over, and then he would go back like every couple months for a month at a time. And this thing, they had meetings every single day for four years. And I think over 100,000 people showed up at, at came at one point um, got throughout the whole time. But anyway, so she's talking about that. And she said when she first went up there, she walked in the room, and she was like bewildered by what she saw. She saw people expressing their love for God. She saw people being touched by God in ways that she had never, ever seen before. And she had kind of been in this, like, charismatic, Holy Spirit kind of church for a while. So she kind of felt like she knew what was the Holy Spirit and what wasn't. And so she saw someone, like, on the ground. And then she saw someone laughing. And she saw someone doing this. And she started, um, in her heart, resisting it and saying, no, this is not God. This is demonic. And so she went to talk to the leader of the church, his name's John Arnott. And she went to him and said, hey, like, there are demons manifesting in your service, like, all over the place. Everything is demonic. And he looked at her and he said, and from the way she told the story, it's really impacted me. From the way she told the story, he didn't, like, get super defensive. He didn't um, get mad at her. He didn't get emotional, but he just looked at her and said, Patricia, what I'm going to ask is that you be slow to judge and let God show you if this is him or not. And then she went on to tell about how a couple of days later, like God, she, <laughs> she was getting up to preach a message to stop the whole thing. And then God did to her what she was about to preach against <laughs> to everyone. And she couldn't even preach. And so, so it just really impacted me because if I'm honest, there are times when I look at another person's expression of faith. I look at what God's doing on another person and I see, huh, that's different from mine. That's not the way that I express my faith for God. That's not the way that God touches me. And then there's this resistance that comes up in my heart. Well, that must not be authentic. That must not be real. I remember the first time I saw someone raise their hands in worship way back when I was in high school. I was like, oh, come on. Like, are we at a football game? There's no touchdown happening right now. Put your hands down. <laughs> and, and other things throughout. And, like, that is so normal for me now. Like, I see someone raise their hands during worship. I don't even blink an eye. Um, but I've had these moments all throughout my faith personally where I see a different expression 
And at first I'm offended. I, I, see, I could relate to her. That's why it impacted me so much. At first I'm offended by it. But then finally, either I actually like humble myself or a lot of times it's been Wilson. Dude, just get over yourself. Come on. Like quit judging. Um, Wilson's been great for me in, in this journey. <laughs> Whatever it is, um, there comes a time where I'm like, okay, God, like if this is you, then I want it. Show it to me. And I want to encourage everybody, like when you see God moving in a way that's different from yours, when you see God touching someone in a way that he, maybe he hasn't touched you, don't go to offense. Don't go to resistance. Don't go to insecurity. We can think, oh, man, they really look like God is touching them. I've never had that. So they must be a better Christian than me. And that can be that insecurity can be the reason we resist it a lot of times. But I want to encourage you, don't go to that place. Just because someone has a different expression, maybe a more dramatic expression, doesn't mean they have a stronger faith in you. And we shouldn't even be thinking in comparison terms either. And so instead, be like, God, I've never experienced this. I don't, you know, I don't have a mental grid. I don't have a paradigm for it. But if this is you, show it to me. I want to know. And I promise you, that, that's discernment. Some people excuse judgment for discernment. Some people are like, oh, I'm just discerning this is demonic. That's what Patricia said. Discernment is, God, this is not my norm. Please show me if it's you. So that's what impacted me. Luke has a whole sermon to give us at some point about that. So good, though, right? Um, First, I want to, this is a total, like, right turn from the conference really quick. I just want to ask anybody who has been a School of Kingdom Ministry student, first year or second year, this year, just to raise your hand and keep your hand up for a second. If you have been a School of Kingdom Ministry student this year, this year, you've been a School of Kingdom Ministry student. So one person right here, right there, right there. A couple more in the back. A lot of you, a lot of the, keep your hands up for a second. A lot of you guys, get, a lot of the School of Kingdom Ministry students, it's a class we do, go to uh, second service. But they're graduating tonight. So the, all these people with their hands up are graduating tonight. Way to go, you guys. If you want to come and uh, just honor them tonight, we're having a graduation service for them at 530 in here. And then we have refreshments that I cannot guarantee you will get to eat any of. But um, for all the, the graduates, because, yeah, we got to get a head count. But seriously, come and celebrate. It would be so cool if there was, you know, this many people here tonight just celebrating and honoring the commitment that these students have had. They've been coming for the past nine months, three hours, every Sunday night, just to learn more about Jesus. And just to learn more about how they can live like and act like and think like Jesus. So that's an amazing accomplishment. Once again, let's give it up for them. All right. So you heard there's several different people. By the way, I'm Wilson. If we've never met, I'm Wilson and I'm the outreach pastor here at this church. And uh, yeah, it's so, so fun. If you didn't hear, there is several different speakers. Um, We had... A pastor named Jim Baker. Jim and his wife Mary were here. Jim Baker's a pastor of a church called Zion up in Columbus, Ohio. And he, his like, the main kind of thing he preaches and teaches on is stewardship and finances. And we had 
got to have lunch with them, and we were kind of asking them questions. The thing to do when you get around people who know more about God than you is to ask questions. Whenever you're around somebody who knows more about something than you do, ask them questions about it. Whether it's a spiritual thing or just a like, not spiritual thing, it's really good for us to be learners and to ask lots of questions. And uh, so Luke and I and Jamie are just asking him tons of questions. And I asked him, when did you really start to focus on um, finances and money and teaching about it and teaching people how to be better stewards and how to do it the way that God wants us to do it? And he said, God spoke, he said, God spoke to me um, in 2011 and told me, I want you to go after finances the same way you've been going after healing. I want you to go after finances the same way you've been going after healing. And what he meant was he had really felt like this focus that his church was supposed to have on learning about how to pray for people to be healed and learning about how God is a healer. And so he said he felt like God challenged him and said, the same zeal you've put towards um, healing ministry, I want you to put towards finances and stewardship and learning how to do that with a kingdom mindset and, and biblically in the way that God wants us to. And that was like such a powerful way of thinking, you know, that really, I thought that was so cool. But his whole, me- man, you just got to look up Jim Baker, go on Amazon and uh, you can get his book. It's called How Heaven Invades Your Finances. Is that the title? I think that's it. How Heaven Invades Your Finances. It's really, really powerful stuff. Really quick highlight from him. He, his, uh, uh, this isn't a direct quote, but this is kind of like a way that I would like put a synopsis on what he was teaching. Like his kind of, this was like a challenge that the way you think about money and the way you think about your belongings, your possessions is either based in fear or it's based in trust. And the way you think about, and it's, it's, a, it's a spectrum, right? Like some things we think about with a mindset of trust, some with a mindset of fear. But it was just such a challenge to examine the decisions we're making about how we're going to use our time, how we're going to use our money, how we're going to use our resources, and say, am I thinking, is my first thought here, oh no, or is my first thought here, oh God? Am I thinking, like, what can God do with this? Or, oh, no, I'm not going to have enough. Or what do I do? Or I'm too tired or, or whatever. Do you follow me? Like, we got to be thinking in terms of, is this way of thinking based in fear? Or is it based in trust in God? And there's real wisdom there. But uh, another, the main speaker, you know, the main guy, the kind of leader of the whole conference, his name is Georgian Banoff. He's who my dad was talking about a lot. And his whole message is, Jesus died so that you could be fully you. Jesus died and resurrected and put his spirit inside of you. And Jesus is alive inside of you so that you can be fully you. Not so that you can be a copy of somebody else or that you can compare yourself to other people and try and always wonder, am I good enough? Or this person's more talented than me. Which, man, if we're going to do like some ministry right now to pray for people about that, I would raise both my hands and my feet. Because, like, comparing myself to other people is something I totally struggle with. But Georgian just so champions and talks about so much that, man, Jesus wants you to be you. He wants you to be free, and he wants you to live a life where you're constantly realizing how God has made you to act and how God has wired you to behave and how he's wired you to think and the gifts that he's put in you. And to not be concerned 
and focused on how you are not as good as other people. Like, we're, we're definitely supposed to learn from other people. I was just talking about that. But we can easily move into this place of comparison. And, and we're constantly thinking this person's better than me or, uh, you know, I'm better than them. And nothing good ever comes from that. So I want to pray for us about that really quick, okay? Does that resonate? You, you don't need to raise your hand or anything. But uh, she did. But um, <laughs> does that resonate with anybody? I just want you just to kind of close your eyes. I, I want to say a prayer for you, all right? So Jesus, first of all, I just recognize how special every single person in this room is. How special and wonderful every person in this room is. Whether they know you personally and whether they have a relationship with you or whether they're far from you or whether they're wondering if you're real. Every single person in this room is beautiful and has um, such, such special things about them. Right now, in Jesus' name, I just speak to our mindsets and our belief systems and the ways that we view the world that would lead us to comparing, that would lead us to feeling like we're not enough. And I just break it in Jesus' name. (laughs) By your authority and by your power, we just say no. Just say no. I just say no to those mindsets built up in Wilson. I say no in Jesus' name. And I just say, be released to be fully you. Now, just put your hands out if you want. Just, like, just, just, just lift your palms up. You can raise them if you want. But all you have to do is just lift a hand. Open, open your hand. Come, Holy Spirit, and seal that. Holy Spirit, will you just seal that in our hearts? The best way we can represent you is when we're being fully ourselves. So I just pray that you would seal that in our hearts in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Georgian's wife. By the way, I had license to talk longer than everyone else, just so you know, okay? So I'm not breaking any rules. Um, Georgian's wife. Isn't that right? Good. You always got to check with the big man. You know, hey, is this okay? Um, Georgian's wife, her name is Winnie. And I wonder if it's really Winifred. I'm not sure, but... They call her Winnie, and her, like, the thing that she preached on a ton and that she talked about a lot was how we're dead to sin and how we're actually new people. Like, when you accept Jesus, you become a new person. And I think that can so easily become a cliche and just like a cute thought, but man, it's what the Bible teaches. Like, the Bible says that you're dead to sin and alive to Christ, that you are a new creation. We got to take it literally. You know, like our default with the Bible should always be, I'm going to take this literally. And then God will give me grace to realize if it's figurative or if it's symbolic. When, it, when he's talking about who we are. Whenever the Bible makes a statement about who you are and um, what you're like, take it literally. And that's what Winnie was saying is we just got to take it literally what Jesus says about us. And um, it was just a fresh reminder for me, man, I need to take what Paul says like about me literally and not kind of rationalize it through my experience or or how my week is going or that that type of stuff so all right now here's the real thing I want to say that really impacted me you heard Sarah and Lori my mom talk about Patricia King she uh and then Luke actually so man we really love Patricia um we got I got to the same day that we had lunch with Jim Baker um 
we got to have lunch with Patricia and I was just asking her tons of questions and I was asking her like questions about prophecy especially and prophecy just simply if you've never heard that word before if you're not familiar with what it means is prophecy is when we say God's words it's when we speak the words that God is speaking um I was asking her about like how we receive prophetic words how we hear God's voice and then how we share it and for me like something that I'm just really hardwired to do something that I'm gifted at is sharing God's words with people that I don't know and like talking to people in the grocery store or um, other places where, where I'm around someone I don't know and I just have just naturally I just have a lot of courage for that and I share with them like, hey here's what I feel like God's saying about you and it's always you know a positive uplifting thing and I feel like when I do that I'm kind of like reaching towards God and asking him for something and then I'm sharing it and I've kind of started to feel a little weird like if I'm just this is me just being honest right now I've started to feel kind of bad about that and I've been like man like I shouldn't always be reaching towards him I should just be hearing it and like receiving it and then sharing it and I thought man I'm on the right track this sounds really spiritual you know like I should receive it and then I share it you know I don't reach for it because that's working or something and I was like yeah this is really good I was starting to pat myself on the back and realize like this is the new thing I need to realize and I need to um like start to believe and I was telling her that and she was like no (laughs) she was like nope that's actually not that's not it. <laughs> she said, Wilson, when you do that, when you look at someone and you ask and you say, God, what's your heart for them? What do you love about them? Um, and you look at people and you just think what, what sticks out to you about them, which by the way, really quick, half the time that I get a prophetic word for somebody, it would be easy for me to mistake it as my own thoughts. Like I notice a grocery store clerk doing something and I just have a thought about them. And I realize that, Hey, that's actually my thought is infused and combined with God's thought. And he's speaking to me about them so that I can pray for them and maybe also so that I can actually share it with them. So anyways, where was I? She corrected me. She said, no, Wilson, that's good. When you do that, you're actually acting in faith. She said, that's faith. When we reach towards God, when we pursue him, when we ask him for things, what we're exercising, what we're demonstrating is faith. And then she said this, which blew my mind. She said, we don't get rewarded for the things that God gives us. We get rewarded for what we give God. We don't get rewarded for the things that God gives to us. We get rewarded for the things that we give to God. And to break that down for you, what I, what she, what I think she meant was, like, who get, like when we, God gives us something, that is the reward. When he sovereignly speaks to us and just says, Wilson, blah, 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 whatever, like picture, puts a picture in my head and I wasn't even thinking of it or asking for it. That, that in and of itself is the reward. And then everything that happens after that is just like bonus points. Like I get to share it or whatever. That in and of itself is a reward. But when I say, Lord, Jesus, I know you love the people in this room. What are you saying to them? Or when I realize that someone looks tired and I, I go and just encourage them, when I step out, when I use my own thoughts to initiate, that's faith, and God rewards that. And then I was, of course, like, is this scriptural? <laughs> I was like, where is this in the Bible? And check it out. In Hebrews, listen to what the author of Hebrews says. 
And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Here's another translation. And without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. For we come to God in faith, knowing that he is real and that he rewards the faith of those who passionately seek him. So there's this real correlation between us pursuing God, us saying, Lord, what are you doing? Jesus, give me your heart for people, and then rewards coming from that. And really quick, if you're getting hung up on the word rewards, like, man, I want rewards from God. (laughs) Like, who doesn't want rewards from God, you know? And... So that, that just really challenged me. That, man, we, like, if, when we actually pursue him and we think towards him, God, what are you doing? What are you saying? That's what we get rewarded for. And just to bring this really practical, I was thinking about this this morning. A real practical application of this for my marriage is this. Say that the anomaly happens of I don't do the dishes. Okay? Say that this rare, rare occurrence happens, I'm just kidding, where I don't do, my, where I don't do the dishes. And then Jen, instead of being, that's my wife, instead of being mad at me or frustrated or impatient, she just just does them. You know, she doesn't even say anything about it. She just does them. That's Jen, like, on a good day, right? Okay? If I'm just being honest, like, that's me on a good day. That's all of us on a good day, is we just naturally do it, right? Now, flip that scenario a little bit. Imagine if Jen has had a bad day. And she's frustrated, you know, our daughter's had like 20 blowouts, and she's worried about cooking dinner, and then she realizes I haven't done dishes, done the dishes, but still, she doesn't say anything to me, she's not impatient, she's not mad, but she just does them. I would say that that was faith. Are you following me? That was her acting in faith. Does that make sense? When it just comes naturally, when God just gives us something sovereignly, like in this example, if Jen just naturally just does the dishes without even thinking about it, that's the reward in and of itself, right? But when she says, hey, I'm going to just do this because I love him and because it's, you know, the right thing to do, that's faith and that's what we get rewarded for. Does that click? Does that make sense? When we actually step out, when we have resistance, but we still do the right thing or we still step out, that's us acting in faith. And faith attracts God and faith attracts his blessing. So I just want to be that type of person that steps out in faith and is willing, when I don't feel like it, to do the right thing, you know, to, um, yeah, to step out. So who else, does anyone else want to be like that? Good. What we're going to do now is move into the offering and move into worship. And this is going to be a really fun part of the service because Jesus is just going to be so present. And, I mean, he's already so present, but there's something special about when we actually focus on him through song and through music and really put our attention towards him. But before that, actually, I'm getting ahead of myself. We're going to receive the offering. So would the ushers, the different people that collect the offering, just all come down to the front. And then I'm going to pray and release you guys. So all the baskets are already going. But there are baskets all the way on the end of every row. Furthest, most left seat. If you're all the way on the left, if you just reach on your seat and grab the basket, there's a couple different ways you can give. If you missed the basket as it went by, no worries. You can give on the app, Vineyard Church Northwest, Vineyard Northwest app. You can give on there. You can also, um, 
There's two boxes in the back if you missed the offering basket where you can drop your offering. We so appreciate your guys' generosity and your tithes. That's how this place runs. That's how we do this. And uh, when you give, you know, you're just saying, hey, I'm a part of the family. I'm a part of what God's doing, and I actually want to sacrificially be part of it. So, all right. What we're going to do now is worship. And here, hey, guys. Um, Something we really like to do around here, which I would just say, if you've never done, you just got to try it. Move away from your seat during worship. That might feel like weird. That might be a big stretch. And you don't even have to do it right away. But at some point during the worship set, I would just encourage you, take two steps to the left and, and worship right there. Go stand in the back of the room and try worshiping. If you want to come up to the front, that's great. There's nothing special about the front. The thing that is special is when we actually engage. And I know that for myself, when I just stay right where I am, it's easy just to continue on business as usual. And I'm not saying that if you don't move, you're not engaged, all right? But I would just say, man, if you've never moved during worship, you've never gone to the back, never come to the front, never gone in the aisle, never took a t- couple of steps over, then something special and fresh is going to happen as you worship this morning. You're going to feel light, you're going to feel free, and it's just going to be really fun. So, again, this, um, this is the time when we worship. All right. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Jesus. We worship you honor you, lift up your name. Thank you that you love being with us. We want, we want this to be a place that attracts and welcomes your presence, not just so we get to enjoy your presence, but that other people can walk through these doors, just walk into your presence and be freed through the life, Jesus, that you offer them. Thank you. Um, Luke shared earlier about the Toronto blessing, and uh, what a lot of us probably don't know is that the man that recommended to John Arnott that he invite Randy Clark to come was Happy Layman. And Happy is a spiritual grandfather to this church. And so um, there's, there are connections there just as far as anointings and deposits that we want to live out and walk in. So um, we're going to have our prayer teams make their way down. And new paradigms, you're experiencing new things, you need new thought patterns, you need new, new ways to contain it. Uh, come on down for prayer for that freedom to experience God more. And the dreams of God, God has a dream for your life. And you want, you want to get tied into his dream so that your desires are wrapped up in his desires. That's where real joy comes from. And then acting in faith is just another powerful thing we want to pray for today. Physical healing of any kind that you need, come on down. Let us pray for you. See what Jesus is going to do because we believe he's going to heal people today. Today. Broken uh, broken bodies, bones that haven't mended right, uh, problems with the vascular system, with your, blood, with your blood flow. God's going to heal today, particularly that. So uh, come on down for prayer. And I'm just going to pray for joy right now. Uh, Father God, thank you that Georgian has made a deposit here. You made it through him. And part of that is joy and how to walk in joy. And so I I pray a release of that right now to this church body, to every person in this room, a fresh release of walking in the joy of God, the joy that Jesus gave us that he said no one can take from us. Walk in that this week in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, awesome to see you. Thanks to the worship team for leading us into worship. Thank you.
next week.